0: Hi there. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about executive functioning skills. And I have to tell you guys, I have had a recent obsession with executive functioning skills. This really wasn't on my radar prior to maybe a year or two ago, but once I started learning about what executive functions are and how they can impact our lives and our children's lives and how much they overlap, I kind of became obsessed Because there's so much to it and the more and more that I learned about what executive functions are, the more I could see how deficits in this area really affected so many components of students' and children's lives and really so many components of adults' lives. As we start getting into the types of skills under the executive functioning umbrella, you'll start to identify things that you struggle with because I know I did. So executive functions are a set of processes to get things done to achieve a goal. They're skills to perform or execute a task. These skills work together and a weakness in one area affects the overall ability to perform a task. Kids that tend to struggle with executive functions are a lot of times those kids that fall into the category of, man, they've got such great academic knowledge. They have so many great skills. I'm just not seeing those skills demonstrated on a regular basis. As a parent or as a teacher, it's frustrating because you're like, I know they know what to do. Why won't they do it? Why won't they show me that they know how to do it? But a lot of times it's these executive functions that get in the way of demonstrating skill mastery because there's more to an academic task or a social skill interaction than just the actual concept that's at the root. There's a lot more involved. What's exciting is that all executive functions involve behavior and behavior can be learned, can be strengthened. We're not just stuck with the level of executive skill functionings that we have when we're born. We don't stay there. We continue to learn and develop new skills as we get older and older. Well, with our kids, we might need to take more of a direct approach for our instruction on executive functions. We need to approach teaching these skills with the same rigor, and the same thoroughness that we approach all of our academic instruction. Because to me, this is as important, arguably more important, than the academics. Because if you don't have these skills in place, or these skills that are building and developing, you're going to continue to struggle with some of these academic areas. Executive functions help us do two important things that you and I do on a regular basis. They help us inhibit and shift. They help us stop an impulsive act. They help us think about the consequences of our behavior. There are things that we want to do all the time that we don't do. I would love to just eat a huge pile of donuts or lay on the couch or tell someone when they annoy me, hey, you annoy me, but I don't do that because I'm able to inhibit. I'm able to have emotional control and think about the consequences of my actions. If I say, hey, you annoy me to my boss, there's gonna be consequences, right? I'm able to identify that and not just act impulsively. Then we're able to shift. We're able to transition between activities and topics and ideas. We're able to be flexible. We're able to go from preferred to non-preferred activities. That's a hard skill in there. Challenges in executive functions are going to impact a lot of areas of an individual's life. It's going to impact making and maintaining friendships. If you have limited working memory and you can never remember a friend's name or what they talked about yesterday, it's harder to make those connections. If you struggle with emotional control and you say the first thing that comes to your mind, like, oh, that dress makes you look fat. It's going to be hard to make and maintain friendships. Challenges in executive functions also involve issues with following classroom rules and school directions. There are so many skills involved in being part of the school and classroom community. You have to plan and prioritize and organize and wait and take turns and ignore peers and all that inhibiting and shifting like we were talking about. It's going to have big impacts also on academic engagement and reading comprehension, especially because when you are working on an academic task, like I said, there's a lot more involved than just that task. We need to get started. We need to sustain attention. We need to inhibit an impulse of doing something else in that moment. We need to be persistent to complete a task all the way until it's done. We have to be flexible when maybe what we thought was the right answer isn't the right answer. So there's all kinds of skills involved in making progress on academics that tie into those executive functions. Okay, so I've already touched on a few of the executive functioning skills, but I'm going to list them all right now. So there's 11 main ones, and I'm going to list them kind of in order from the way they develop as kids get older, but it's no hard, fast rule, as of course nothing is. So the 11 skills are response inhibition, so being able to inhibit, being able to think before you do something and not just act impulsively. Then we have working memory, being able to remember something while doing something else. Then we have emotional control. This is where we can identify things that are big problems and small problems and be able to not overreact. Then we have sustained attention, so keeping our attention on a task despite boredom or fatigue. This is a hard one, right? Then we have task initiation, getting started on the task right away when it's given to you. Next, we have planning and prioritization, so creating a plan on how to um, develop a task or activity and then following the plan. So it's really two big steps there, knowing the plan and then executing it. Next, we have organization, creating systems for where things go and then following those systems and utilizing them on a regular basis. Then we have time management. Ooh, I hope, I bet a a bunch of you right now are like, I bet this is one that I struggle with knowing how long activities take, being able to plan your time accordingly so you arrive to places on time, and being able to estimate how long things take accurately. Then we have persistence, following a task through until completion, following a goal until you achieve it, This is where we talk about a lot of our longer term goals, those big things that take months to accomplish. We want to be persistent and maintain on that path. Then flexibility, rolling with changes. When something unexpected happens, being okay with that. Also having the emotional control to not overreact. And then last, metacognition. Being able to self-monitor and identify things that you're struggling with, remedy the situation by adding strategies and following through on any systems you've put in place to monitor your own behaviors. So I hope that list of skills kind of piqued your interest because, like I said, when I started really learning about executive functions, not only did I see how so many students on the spectrum struggle with these skills... But I also saw how I sometimes struggle with these skills and my family members and my friends struggle with these skills. There were probably some as I listed the skills that you were like, oh, yeah, I know time management is my issue or, or organization is something I need to get better on. So let me give an example of how these skills really work together and overlap and how you and I use these skills all the time. So let's take an example of something you and I do on a regular basis, going grocery shopping. Now, there are some people that love going grocery shopping. I am not one of those people. I do not love going grocery shopping. But it's a necessary evil, right? We got to eat. So let's go through the steps of going to the grocery store. So the first step is you have to plan which store you're going to, right? So we're going to plan. Next, we're going to organize coupons or a list, So you need to go through your house, through your fridge, through your cabinets, and identify what missing food you need to buy. You need to look at your recipes or things you're planning on cooking that week and identify what things you need to buy. So all of that is metacognition. You're able to assess the situation and know what to do next. Then you need to pick a time to go to the grocery store when you'll have enough time to shop, get home, unload the groceries before there's something else. So if you have to be at work at 7.30 in the morning, you are not going to the grocery store at 7.15. There is simply not enough time. So we need time management skills. Next, you need to, once you have that plan of when you're going to go, we need that task initiation of actually doing it. This might mean shifting from an a preferred activity to that non-preferred activity of grocery shopping. Maybe it's a Saturday and you're at home watching Real Housewife Rewinds and you have to get up off the couch because you have to go to the grocery store because your family needs to eat dinner tonight. So we need that task initiation. Then you get to the grocery store, you're in the parking lot, it's crowded, you've picked a very crowded time to go, you're ready to turn into a parking spot and guess what happens? Someone steals your parking spot. Well, you need to have that emotional control to not overreact and roll down your window and give them a piece of your mind and flip out because guess what? You're going to see that person in the store in like three minutes and it will be embarrassing if you do that. So you need to have emotional control of chilling out, finding another parking spot and moving on. Then while you're shopping, you need to use your working memory to identify the food you need. Maybe you have that list in your phone or written down. And as you go through the aisles, you're going to utilize your working memory of what food you have to buy and where it's located in the store. Then you're going to use response inhibition to avoid indulging in things you don't need. What's that saying? Like, don't go to the grocery shopping while you're hungry? You might have less response inhibition when you are starving. All of a sudden, your cart is filled with Doritos and cookies and ice cream. So sometimes we obviously slip up. We don't have perfect response inhibition. Maybe you let yourself, you know, buy one or two treats. But we stick to the list. We don't fill our cart with things that are really not going to provide any meals or substance during the following week. Then we're going to adapt our list if things are missing. So maybe the bread that you always buy isn't there. You do not have a meltdown. You do not lay down like a starfish in the middle of the aisle flipping out. No, you have flexibility. So you find a different type of bread and try it. You stay focused on the task so you get home on time. You're not spending three hours at the grocery store unless, you know, you're maybe trying to avoid your house, which no judgment there. But you have that sustained attention. You complete the task in a reasonable amount of time. And then after you pay and get home, that last step is that persistence. You need to put all of the groceries away. We cannot complete jobs to 95%. If you complete grocery shopping to 95% and you just leave all your groceries on your kitchen table, what's going to happen? Half your stuff's going to be ruined. Your ice cream's going to be melted. Your milk will go bad. The, all the things that have to be refrigerated will go bad. That's not a completed task. Persistence is super important. So even in something as simple as a grocery store trip, we hit on all 11, of those executive functioning skills. So you can see how essential these skills are and how they all overlap. If you struggle with emotional control, flexibility is gonna be a lot harder. If you struggle with organization, planning might also be a challenge. So the first step in approaching teaching your students or children executive functioning skills is having an executive functioning mindset. I kind of think about this as a combo of a growth mindset with those executive functioning skills thrown in. It's really like a a growth mindset approach to building executive functioning skills. So when a student is having a challenging day, a challenging moment, or they're not succeeding or excelling on an activity like you would have thought, it's easier to say he doesn't care, he's lazy, he should know how to do it. That's easier. Instead, have that executive functioning mindset. Think about, man, what executive functioning skills is he missing? Is he struggling to pay attention during history class because he has low emotional control and he has low sustained attention? And those are skills that he just doesn't have yet. If you remember episode two of the podcast, which was a long time ago, but still one of my favorites, we talked about the power of yet. Those three little letters have a big impact. There's a whole different message in saying he doesn't have time management skills, period, and he doesn't have time management skills yet. That means there's about to be a plan. That means we're about to take action. That means there are options for that student, that he has room to grow. At the start of this episode, I said executive functioning skills are behaviors. They can be learned and they can be strengthened. You don't have the same level of executive functioning skills that you did when you were 11 years old. You learned new ones, or at least I hope you did. So think about these challenging situations and don't take the easy way out. Don't throw that label of, you know, he should do this. He's just lazy. He just doesn't care about this. He'll never be able to do that. Think that for a second, but identify that that's the easy way out. And that's not true. And that takes the onus off of you. And as the educator, as the parent, the onus is on you to fix this problem. It's a missing skill. And it's our job as educators to teach the missing skills, whether the missing skill is multiplication or color identification or task initiation. Those are all missing skills our kids need. Okay, you guys know I love a checklist. I love a numbered list. I like action items. So I have a four-step process for you to follow for starting to teach executive functioning skills. And I'm gonna give you the foundation and the framework here. I'm not gonna get too detailed because to be honest, I really need to rein myself in. I typically do full day or two day trainings on executive functioning skills, but I wanted to give you a little important taste of how you can take action on teaching these skills for your learners. So my four steps. First, we're going to plan. We're going to establish a behavior goal based on the skill deficit that you've identified. So you're going to observe. You're going to take some data. You're going to look at what skills are missing for that learner. Are they missing flexibility? Are they missing organization? Are they missing response inhibition? Then you're going to develop a goal of what they should be doing right? We're identifying that alternative behavior, not, you know, Johnny never puts his homework in the right folder. Well, what do you want Johnny to do instead? Instead, I want Johnny to put his homework in his homework folder and put his homework folder in his backpack. So the goal that you're going to write here is the alternative. If they had perfect mastery of that executive function, what would it look like? When Johnny is, has a situation where there is a change that he's Not aware of, Johnny will say, okay, oh well, and carry on with the change. That, oh my gosh, that's perfect flexibility. That's what I wanna see. So write that goal, not in the negative, not like Johnny will decrease his inappropriate behaviors according, you know, when there's a challenging change. Nope. We're writing the goal with the alternative behavior in mind. We're writing it from the positive. Second step, You have your goal. You've identified what you want to see more of. Now you need a procedure for teaching that skill. They're not going to pick up by osmosis. They're not going to pick up by just seeing it happen. You need to directly teach this skill. Set up a rubric, set up a checklist, set up a visual cue, do modeling, do role play. There's all kinds of great ways that you can directly teach and follow through and fade your prompts on how the student can demonstrate this new skill that you're teaching them. Three, you want to plan your environmental supports. What can you set up in your classroom and in your school community to help this learner be more successful? Well, let's go back to my homework folder example. So if I wanted Johnny to always put his homework in his homework folder, I'm actually going to put a whole separate spot next to his desk where he always puts his homework folder. It's not living in his messy backpack because... Let's be real. Things go in the backpacks to die. He has a whole separate spot next to his desk where his homework folder is going to go. That's the only thing that's going to go there. And that change in the environment is going to help him be more successful on making sure that the homework actually lands up in the homework folder. Fourth step, plan for reinforcement. I mean, if you knew me, you knew reinforcement was going to be in here. Reinforcement is the key to everything. In my episode earlier this fall, I talked about how reinforcement is the key to academic success, to social skill success. Well, it's the key to executive functioning success as well. You want to plan how you are going to reinforce these behaviors that you're seeing, this alternative behavior, this perfect mastery of the executive functioning skill. When Johnny does put his homework in the homework folder... What's happening after? It better be something awesome. When Johnny does demonstrate flexibility and not have an overreaction, he's demonstrating emotional control and flexibility in the same time. What are you doing? Better be something great. We want to see these behaviors more often and we know that reinforcement increases the probability of seeing behaviors in the future. So if we want to continue to see mastery of these executive functioning skills, that reinforcement has to be there. Okay, guys, I gave you a lot of information in this episode and really just scratched the surface of executive functions. But I hope that this kind of caught your interest and will get you starting to think about what executive functioning skills are missing with your students or children. And remember my four-step framework. We want to take action on these things. Pick one student and one skill. You don't have to start this for everyone. Start to go through this process of directly teaching this skill and see the impact that it can have in so many areas of this student's life. Did you know that two out of three teachers turn to Teachers Pay Teachers for Educational Resources? As a seller on TPT, this makes me so excited. I love seeing educators turn to other educators for support in their classrooms. There are so many great resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, and this could be made even better if we could involve school budgets in this process. Enter TPT for Schools. TPT for Schools makes it easy for administrators and teachers to collaborate when making curricular decisions. TPT helps you set up a way of using school funds for these resources. This is a new program, and there's already over 5,000 schools registered. In the special ed world, this is even more important because we don't have that many resources, and the resources that are provided for us might not be so appropriate for our class. To learn more about TPT for Schools, visit schools.teacherspayteachers.com. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.